Welcome back to We Gotta Talk About. It's your girl, Mylicious. And KTZ, what's up, everybody? Ooh, I'm excited today, you guys. Me too. Um, life updates. I have a new therapist. Oh, girl, congratulations. I know, thank Did you. Did you say she's black? Yeah. Did I hear that right? Uh-huh. Shout out to the black therapist, black folks with a psychology degree. You are appreciated. How's it been so, so far? appreciated. Um, I had one session with her, um, and she read me real quick because I was, <laughs> she asked me like a very, she asked me a very simple question, like about my childhood. And immediately after she goes, are you a middle child? I was like, yes, bitch. Yes, I am. <laughs> like five minutes in girl. There's something about middle children and like something that y'all yeah, all have in common. I don't know what it is. I'm not a middle child. I'm an only child. <laughs> We are sad children. <laughs> like sad boy vibes all day. That's middle kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. You know, so, yeah. thank you mom and dad for having me be an only child, even though I complain about it. Oh, we're incredibly day. lucky. Um, yeah, so I, I had my session with her on Friday and then on Saturday, like I went to my good friend, she's she's not even a friend. Like this is like one of my sisters, basically. Okay. Um, she got a new house, and she invited me over to like go spend time at her pool because it's like um, the devil's asshole in California right now. Um, yes, ma'am. The heat wave is real. Yeah, it's great. So, and she has a pool. So I was like, okay, great. Um, but she went to a school that's super white, and like all of her housemates are really white and uncultured. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. We'll give it a try because I hate meeting new people. I hate hanging out with people younger than me. Um, and I hate people just in general. And I don't want to be around white people. I'm not ready for this yeah. ride. Let's buckle in. What happened? I walked, I walked into the door and like the first thing, it just like, it's not that any of these people were like mean or rude or anything like that. They're all super sweet and super nice. But like, I have certain things that just like, uh, like either trigger me or just like piss me off right away. And like the first thing was she like introduced me and I was like making drinks for me and her. And one of her friends was playing like Spanish music because she's Mexican. Okay. And she goes, oh, hey, like Maya um, is Dominican. And the guy goes, what is that? <gasps> and I was like, oh, like it's an island in the Caribbean. He was like, where's the Caribbean? <gasps> and literally I felt like I was, it, it felt like, um, like when I was a kid and I first moved to California and I would tell people like where I was from and that I was Dominican and they didn't know what that was. And for so long, like I've hung out with people who are very like cultured or like our first generation or like West Indian or something. And so like, I'm just not used to that anymore because it's been so long since anyone has like come at me like that. I was like, what? this was a grown ass man. Yeah. He's in law school. Oh, bro. <laughs> I was like, and this is what's wrong with the justice system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Did it get worse? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Then the white girls came. Then the white girls came. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Then the white girls came. And um, at one point, they were, like, talking about dating. And I was like, and I tweeted about this the other day because I was like, it's so funny because every once in a while I'll actually give in and try to explain a little bit like my personal preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've stopped doing that for a reason. And I just tell people like I don't date because people don't understand like the nuances of being first generation or like being an immigrant. And like 
if I date somebody, it's like, you have to come to another country to meet anyone in my family, like on either side. Like you have to travel to a third world country. I don't know if you've ever done that before. I don't know how comfortable you are with that. And on top of that, I was like, I also, there's, there's so many, um, like different people of each ethnicity. And I was like, I don't know if I would date like a Dominican person just because Dominican men are short and they're trifling. Um, and I've never actually been attracted to Indian men. I'm more attracted to East Asian men. So I have like very, and I have very specific things too, because like, even with East Asian men, like I would really struggle dating somebody who's like lighter because I know like that they would be very shocked that like, even though I'm Asian, I'm also very dark for them. Uh, Cause I'm really, Girl, <laughs> I'm- um, and then I was like, yeah. And like Latinos, like I wouldn't date a Dominican, but like maybe like another Latino, but definitely not a white Latino. Cause like, obviously I'm not attracted to white people. Um, and we'll get into that later. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm not attracted to white people, but I definitely am not going to like date a a white Latino like why would I do that and they were like what other types of Latinos are there you're like let me educate you real they were were like what what else is there like black and I was like I mean like the indigenous people like the original people from South America and Central America (laughs) like first of all that I was like yeah you know like an indigenous person or like a brown person because there's like tons of Asian people there too yeah um like I was like oh you know like pretty much anything else just like not European or European descendant that's all a no-go um but it was really funny because I was just like um people just don't understand like the nuances of not being white and trying to date people and knowing that you have to be like very very careful who whose house you go home to you know what I mean you know that's funny you know what I mean I completely know what you mean. I'm the black girl that dated a white guy with blonde hair and blue eyes in high school. Like, <gasps> first love type you thing. You did? Yes, girl. Shout out to him. He knows. I don't think he would ever listen to this. But if he ever did, <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. And like, literal first love. Like, I thought I was in love before him. And I was like, that was not love. That was stupid puppy, like, dog infatuation. But yeah, it was totally a thing. Because he was the best. He was adopted. And he had, like, two older white parents who were both teachers. They were the nicest people. The best oatmeal cookies I've ever eaten in my life, Curtis. <laughs> and yeah girl I get it because I don't know I didn't have to worry I worried about it but then I met them and I was like I don't have to worry about it and I think they just didn't care because I think they were older and I think they've just lived through so much that they were probably like this is like the least of our worries honestly yeah but you know I don't think about it's also yeah I don't know it's also also like a little bit different like because like white Americans and black Americans have lived together for so long it's almost like not it's I mean it is an issue for some people but like you would never date those people so for you it's a little bit different but like I if I went home even if it wasn't like a white American if it was any other American it'd be really difficult because like have to like say you don't know people like have you seen a third world country have you traveled there do you know what you're going to be getting yourself into exactly I mean you have to go to uh, two other I have family like all over the world so you really have to go to like at least four countries just to meet all of them see and when I walked into my boyfriend's house because he's half Mexican half Austrian I don't know what I thought I just was just like I hope they like me I think that's just what like a natural feeling for anyone who just like meets the parents yeah like race never came into it it was more of like 
years kept passing and it was like so many you learn Spanish like when when are we gonna be able to like and then his dad still like fluent oh, they'll do that for the rest of your life my dad has never learned Girl, now I'm on year six and they're looking at me like, do you care? And I'm it's like, okay, they're on year 27. Don't worry about it. Girl, I'm like, <laughs> it's going to happen at some point. But then his dad, but see, my boyfriend used to spend summers in Austria. So like, if I want to meet any uncle or aunt or cousin on his dad's side, I'm hopping on a plane. I'm going to Austria because nobody else lives here to my knowledge in America. And then with his mom's side of the family, it's funny because it's like all the siblings came to the Bay Area and they're spread out mm-hmm. from like Milpitas, San Jose, like up throughout the Bay. But then it's like, if you want to get away from that immediate family of like cousins and tios and tias, you're hopping on a plane and going to Mexico because that's where everybody else is. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I totally, I understand where you're coming from. And this is the first time I've ever had to deal with that because it was like, oh, my mom's in Vegas. And it's way more fun. Like the parties are way more lit, right? (laughs) I fell down the flight of stairs on New Year's Eve because I was that (laughs) faded. And his mom was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I missed a step. (laughs) She was like, Ow, you've been here how many times? And I was like, listen, we don't need to talk about this. Playing Loteria on freaking New Year's Eve with a bunch of Mexicans. And when you have to take a shot, when you freaking lose. And then my boyfriend was like, well, you got to drive, baby. So like, or no, what did he say? No, yeah, I got, I had to take his shots. He said, I'll want to drive. So he got out of taking his shots. So then I did. So then it became this whole funny game of like, ooh. The girlfriends have to drink for the men. Anyway, yeah, partying with Mexicans is lit. They have a good ass. Blacks and Mexicans throw it down. Let me tell you something. Listen, you you come to my family parties because it's I know, I can't a combination wait. of those two. Girl, I cannot <laughs> Like, and anywhere where it's like Filipinos who just made like hella fucking lumpia and adobo and I can just sit back mm-hmm. and that's life, sign me up for it. Like, if that's who you are, yeah. reach out to me and let me come to a family dinner when COVID's over because I get down. With some of the vibes feel it karaoke and shit they be doing and stuff like people just different cultures man i'd be going to like it's so fun all they do is just sit around drinking alcohol talking shit i know that's what i'm saying and then it's country music in the background that is not a good time to me and i know it is for a lot of people in this country and world but like for me listen that's just like a typical day and friday um i definitely took over the the stereo when i went to my friend's house and i was like bay area music only I was playing Saweetie and Megan the Stallion. And um, it was so funny because the white girls like tried to twerk, but like next to me. And I was like, that's, that's cute. <laughs> For those of y'all who don't know, Maya is voluptuous. So that's why this is <laughs> And we may proceed. That's yeah. great. So that's I why mean, I wanted, that's why I wanted to talk about beauty standards because, or yeah. yeah. Beauty because standards I was like, it's hair. so interesting. Um, like that people don't like venture out when it comes to dating or like are attracted to certain things some people don't even think about it some people don't think about it and white people I think don't think about it because when I was talking about it they were like oh why would you be like don't like maybe don't be so picky and I was like you you have the option not to be picky because like if you were brought home somewhere they'd be like oh great you married up (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) because like that is the thing for a lot of people no yeah like they're and you don't have to worry about that. No, there are cultures where it is like known 
oh, we immigrated to America. It is your duty to find yourself like a true American who's got generations and some Mm -hmm. old money because that's how you're going to secure this family's longevity in this country. Like, yeah, we got some small businesses. Yeah, we make some money. But like some people's cultures are still very much like we have daughters to marry up so that the family can be secure. And that is what your legacy is going to be for this family. And And that's on Asians. Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but that's why you see a lot of mixed couples sometimes. I mean, there's a running joke in the military. My dad used to always tell me every man loves when he gets assignments to Asia. They single, they a new little 20-year-old making like $40,000, $50,000 20 years ago. That was some good money, you know, a couple decades ago, 60s, 70s, 80s type of vibes. They knew, oh, I'm getting orders to Japan or China. I'm about to bring me back to the little Asian thing and live my life. Because I got a woman. Yeah, that shit was fucked up. If anyone doesn't know about this, um, the U.S. literally, like, (laughs) used to give their soldiers orders to, like, go to East Asia and do whatever they wanted with the women there. Um, And that's why East Asian women in particular are, like, hyper, hyper sexualized and why they purposefully like emasculate Asian men so that like the white men can take the East Asian women. So talk to y'all's government. Mm-hmm. No, for real. And you might not know that, but these things happen all the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. so anyway, we're talking about beauty standards and black hair today, Maya. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm ready. I don't even know like where to start because we could start so many places. Me either. I think I think I should go first and then okay. we can get more like in depth into the hair. Yeah. Because that's part of beauty standards. It definitely beauty is. Beauty standards is like broader. Um I saw I, I keep seeing this tweet like circulate um okay. everywhere where it's like, um, when did you realize that you weren't ugly but you just were a person of color around too many white people? <laughs> No. Um, my first experience of like ever thinking I was attractive was when I moved to the Bay Area because there's like not a lot of white people there. At least when we when we first moved there, like there wasn't. Now it's gentrified, but yes. Um, I remember like when I was growing up in San Diego and I always felt like I was fat and I look back at pictures and I was like, girl, you were slim thick, like you was looking good. <laughs> Let me tell you. My own personal journey with body image is a really rocky one. I've definitely had my moments of like not eating for lengths of periods of time, thinking that was the way to like lose three, five pounds and think that that was going to be able to be seen and like show and matter. Mm-hmm. And God bless. I had good friends and parents who were like, you're fun. <laughs> you're tripping, get it together. You look fantastic. And like, we need to get you far off this path. So like, you'll never have to like do this again. Mm-hmm. So I have a really weird Thing with food but my relationship with food is is very unhealthy i am on a personal journey with nutrition but relating that back to beauty standards it's more of um i was gonna tie this in somehow but it's more of um me growing up with my body image i was just around a lot of really thin white people or like i know thin Asians or thin black people who didn't really have curves. And it was like, if you had curves, it wasn't like you were slim thick. It was like, you were either like big or you were thin. Like no one really. And then like, here I come with like boobs and a butt and like super athletic. I have like a three inch torso. You guys, like there is no waist. It's just like, I'm straight athletic, but I've got boobs and butt. I had great thighs. Like I could crack nuts. You guys like seriously ran track. Lives baby. You know what I'm saying? But like, I never appreciated my body until college too, because it mm-hmm. had it took other people 
being like, girl, you look damn good. Why do you cover up all the time? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? I have a layer of fat I can't get rid of on my stomach. And like, I don't get it. And it really did. It took me a while to like, okay. And for me, like you said, Bay Area culture, God bless the men here that like what they see. They do. Because I get hit on a lot as a bartender and it does great things for my ego. You know, it lets me know, like, I don't have to be freaking a hundred pounds with a fat ass and big tits to get male attention because guys like something to hold on to. And honestly, there's a small percentage of men that like super skinny bitches. And you know what? If you're super skinny natural, like A on you, girl, just, you know, don't throw it in my face and make me feel bad about myself when I want to pull out a piece of fried chicken instead of eating a kale salad. That's all I got to say. But anyway. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. um... Growing up, I like, um, I also have a, have a really difficult relationship with food. So it, it very triggering for me when other people, um, like, uh, what's it called? When other people eat, wait, I'm sorry. I'm trying to look at her and like figure out what she's trying to say. I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to say too, man, this heat is like fucking up my brain. Um, when people project, oh, when people project their issues with food onto me, it really bothers me. Yes. Um, because my mom is, um, like was used to be like super, super strict. And like, I think back then she also didn't understand that, like everything she said about her body directly impacted all of her daughters. Yeah. Um, and so I, I always had like a difficult time with that. And I would like, look like me and my older sister would like want to eat out every once in a while. And then like, we knew our mom would like yell at us. And so we, we like always hid food from her. Um, so that was, so that was like pretty challenging, but then like my senior year of high school, one of my best friends, like had a really severe eating disorder and was like hospitalized. And so ever since then, um, my relationship is totally fine. Like you cannot phase me. I will eat whatever the fuck I want when I want. And I don't care how many times a day. It also depends because like, I work out a lot too. So if I'm working out, I I have no problem. And even if I wasn't working out, I'm going to still enjoy my food. Yes. Uh, Because I no longer have that issue. But like, I'm very sensitive when I'm in a group and some people are like, oh, like I'm not going to eat this or like, oh, this has so many calories or like, oh, I'm not eating bread right now. Because I think about like the other people in the group who could possibly like have something that you don't see on the surface that like they're struggling with and you're going to then trigger them. Because I've literally seen that happen. It happens all the time because, I mean, I'm so thankful the people I hung out with over the age of 21, when I turned 21, were people who were like, no, we're going to happy hour because it's happy hour prices (laughs) on food and drinks. Like, we're not just doing this because seriously, because I don't know how I would have felt hanging out with women who weren't comfortable eating hot wings and loaded potatoes and you know, breadsticks. Like, I, I don't know how I would have felt being like, I'm at a sports bar and I can't enjoy a pitcher of beer with you because you only drink freaking tequila tonics because it only has 70 calories depending on the tequila. <sighs> but yeah, beauty standards, man. It's just weird because, okay, so let's talk about this then. What are like the beauty standards that you felt like you had to have growing up, especially because of your environment? So yeah. I don't know, I guess to play on mine, like I was talking about, everybody was an athlete when I grew up. So it was kind of just like, everyone was kind of fit, but mm-hmm. we had people who were overweight, but it was like, if you were overweight, you were just kind of overweight. And like, if you were fit, you were just fit. Like it wasn't, I don't, I don't know if people talked about weight like that. I just know that I felt really insecure because all of my girlfriends seem to always want to talk about calories and food. 
And a weird thing in our school, guys love to slap asses at our school. I don't know if all guys do that growing up in middle school or high school, but let me tell you, oh, no. girls were sexually assaulted on a numerous high level of occasion in school. Like you'd be in the hallway talking to your girlfriends in between classes and your homies would just run up, smack your ass and like run away. And you'd be like, he, 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 okay, great. I got cakes. Cause like I'm getting my ass smacked by the homie or like a guy you like. And it's like, no girl. This dude is literally, these guys are just copying free feels on us in middle school and no one was saying shit about it. Oh my gosh. I don't think I ever saw a girl turn around and smack a guy. I don't think I ever saw anyone get cussed out for it. And maybe it did happen and I just didn't see it. But anyway, so yeah, my shit was like, okay, I know guys like what they see. I do have some male attention, but for me, it was always myself. Like, I don't really think I equated my, like, attractiveness level to, like, what guys wanted. I think for me, it was always just my body. Like, okay, I Mm -hmm. have curves i'm not fat but like i don't know and my mom just always told me kaylin you just got to keep it up she's like i look just like you and then like i had a kid and then i just got lazy with my diet and like here we are listen mom's gotta stop saying that to their kids i definitely can see the changes now it will happen gradually over time so it didn't really like i don't know but yeah i don't know that was my thing everybody was just like if you have a good body, people are going to let you know about it. And if you don't, people aren't going to talk to you about your body. They're just going to talk to you. I don't know, but I just. So fucked up. What about like, um, like physical, like other features, like, um, like face, facial features or like, I don't know. I got voted best smile in middle school. So, I mean, that probably boosted my ego. I never <laughs> had to have braces as a kid. So that boosted my ego that I never you had. didn't? To no, my parents both <gasps> have horrible teeth and so way that canceled out genetically. And I never had. Never have races. Um, I don't know. I have full lips. I have brown eyes. Like I always think I wanted lighter hair because I just think I always thought black hair was just like, I don't know. Like I was always envious of girls who had colored hair, which is probably just a white mindset of myself of just what I saw around me mm-hmm. and who I was hanging out with. Like lots of white blonde, brunette girls, red. Which head. also you're black, so you can literally just like wear whatever hair color you want. Like but for me growing up, wearing different hair colors was ghetto. Like, yeah, I, I was, it was ingrained kind of in me that like long acrylic nails, colorful, like I never had color in my braids ever. When I got highlights my freshman year of college, it was a big deal. It was like, why are we doing this? Why do you want to do this? Like my mom couldn't compute. I was like, I just want highlights. Oh like gosh. I'm not doing anything crazy, but like, that's what it was for me. It was like people like, I don't know if it was my own home environment or if it was just like the world around me, but I equated things that every girl is doing these days because now every girl you turn around she's got long ass acrylic nails coffin bedazzled every bitch got hair extensions and weave in now who the hell would have ever thought we would have seen the day that white women are walking around with detachable ponytails and braided weave sewn in because they realize it sticks better than gluing fake plastic hair to your own hair like it's wild like i just never would have thought you know tanning industry is booming because everybody wants to be darker Girl. for some reason. Like, it's just the craziest thing. You can tattoo your eyebrows and your eyeliner and your lip liner and freckles. And like, there's so many things you can do now that just never ever would have crossed my mind. But then again, I was in middle school putting on skin lightening cream on my elbows and knees because I didn't want to have darker elbows and knees. And I have really bad hyperpigmentation under my arms. And it just is what it is. Like, I can't do anything about it besides like go to a doctor and be like lighten my shit bitch because mm-hmm. at this point there's nothing I can do I'm not gonna be like rubbing a grapefruit under my armpits to make someone else like less uncomfortable of like why is it darker there like, like, I don't care what you really think of my 
dark ass knees, you know? And I just feel like dark ass knees means that I was an active fucking black child, okay? I rolled around, I got dirty, I had fun and an imagination, and I wasn't some prim and proper bitch like sitting at a desk every day of my childhood. Like, no, I Mm -hmm. rode bikes. I like played at jungle gyms and fell and like whatever, like, I don't know. So yeah, anyway, that's what I grew up with for my beauty standards. That was kind of like the level for me. I felt, I knew I was always blessed with like full lips, a good smile and like curves, but I don't think I ever found myself attractive until college. Like I always knew I was cute. I'll say to my, to this day, like, I know that I'm cute. Would I ever call myself sexy? Probably not. Unless I'm involved in some things that I probably shouldn't be talking about. <laughs> but like on a normal day, like I'm not someone you look at and you're like, oh, she's sexy. You're probably like, damn, she's cute. Or like, okay, like she looks good. I, I think, I that, think that, that you can be, I think you can be all of them like at different times. Yeah. I'm sure if I tried to be sexy and like wore really form-fitting revealing dress and like was completely done up and yeah, great. But like, I'm sure, I'm sure like you, like if you described yourself, you would think you would say like, oh, I'm cute. I bet if Seabass described you, he'd be like, she's sexy as fuck. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, like, you're never going to think of yourself that way. Unless I'm like, if I'm wearing, if I'm wearing like nice, um, like a nice broad, like underwear and like or like cute lingerie or something then I'm like oh yeah this is sexy um girls but I agree I do generally just think of myself as like pretty or like cute right yeah like we're not women who would describe ourselves as like hot or sexy or no. like tantalizing like those are not adjectives I'd be throwing around to describe I always like I remember like people would always I always like thought the word hot was like weird I was like, that's a temperature, um, but okay, go off. Um, and also like the girls that they would always describe, it was always like those white girls who had like, not really an ass, but like more ass than white girls usually have. Um, yes. And then like some weird like ombre, like, like brownish, blondish hair. Like it was always the same bitch. But have you noticed like those women have fuller lips and fuller chest and they're thin and like they've got more curves than your Mm -hmm. average white girl. Yeah, every time. And that's always the case because I remember I used to growing up, I used to always laugh at myself because I'd be like, anytime I saw a white girl with ass, I'd be like, damn girl, like good for you. I know, me too. I like congratulate them. Yeah. And then slowly but surely I realized like, what am I actually saying? Like, like, let's think about it. Cause there's been so many discussions. We have to have an episode on interracial dating because it's Oof. just like, there's so many topics about, you know, fantasies and fetishes of white women with curves in comparison to when you have black and brown women who have those curves naturally. Naturally have that. And a lot time. bigger too. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a different conversation for a different day. But yeah, I hear what you're saying in regards to the word hot, especially in the era that we grew up in, in the mm-hmm. early 2000s. We kind of grew up in that like TV movie booming, like CW, yep. like weird phase where like the people who were on TV were like your One Tree Hill, OC, like Gossip Girl actors and actresses and like people who were notoriously thin. Like Blake Lively ruled the screen because she was like this cute little blonde white girl with great hair, great smile, like perfect C boobs and like a cute little booty to two. That was like the idea of like what me and Maya grew up with at the time. Mm-hmm. Like that's what was shoved in your face on TV. That was the content you were swallowing because the black people we, I mean, think about it, even sister, sister, like T and Samara were thin. They weren't thick. Kyla Pratt, she was thin. She wasn't thick. Yeah. I'm trying to sit here and think about the first thick woman that I feel like I saw on TV. And I can even think about someone who's thick. I immediately think like 
the Parkers. Like I think about, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't, I don't think about, I don't know. I don't care. There's not a lot. Yeah. I can't think of like a prominent black woman on TV who was like a brick house as our parents. They're still not. Even though they've like started having like some darker women are more mainstream, like Tika Sumter and stuff. But like, I wouldn't say like, she's still pretty slim thick. Like Aunt Viv was thin, Hillary and yeah. Ashley were thin. Shoot, man. Like I, I've been watching, rewatching Moesha and like, she's super skinny. Brandy's super skinny. Yeah, Brandy's super, D's super skinny. skinny. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I still to this day, I can't even, I'm like thinking about Insecure and I'm like, no one's like thick on Insecure. Like Molly's thin. Issa, Molly, like. Molly's not, a little thick. Issa, Issa is like really tall though. And I think we underestimate because of like the way that they film her, how thick she really is. Cause like yeah. she's tall. She is. So it makes her seem skinnier, but I think she's pretty thick. Do we call Amanda? Smith? Um, Kelly. Kelly, yeah, but like, is th and that's a thing too. I guess we have to talk about like thick. I never really understood. Like, it was described to me, thick as a woman with curves and like no gut. And I was like, that's fucking rude. That doesn't exist. That doesn't exist, right? Like, if you have curves, your stomach has to have something. Listen, like, if, if you have an ass, you way. have a stomach too. It doesn't yeah. come without it. And and the, and if it is flat, it's because your diet and your workout regime is so meticulous that you got there and then you kept pushing yourself to eat. Mm -hmm. Like you have to do so many things to remove abdomen fat, yep. especially when you're already naturally thick, because exactly. I always have had a layer of fat, but I think my body fat levels as a younger child, always being athletic was super low because I mean, honestly, like the only fat I had was my boobs and my butt. Like it really wasn't sitting anywhere else. And then like that yeah. one layer of, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, thick, that's why like you say thick for Kelly. And I'm like, I feel like people wouldn't want to use that word for her, which is really stupid. I do. I feel like, um, so me and my sisters are all like very different shades of brown. <laughs> yeah. And your and bodies were all different too. Yeah. Our yeah. bodies were all very different. Yeah. Your genetics um, definitely spread out. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're extremely mixed. Um, but I think that because my mom is like pretty petite, like she's really, she's just really short, but yeah. she has like, she has boobs and she has like, we're all, uh, we all really wide hips. Okay. Like I have wide hips and like a bubble butt. Yes. I have like both. Damn. Um, so that was always like, it was always like really weird for me because like, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, this is my body that I live in. Um, okay. So I didn't think about it. Um, and I just remember like, and this could also come from like cultural norms in the Dominican Republic. Like my mom would always complain about like her big lips. Um, and she like didn't like that. And like me and my sister have like kind of like thinner, straighter noses. Um, so not really something typical of like people in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. And so she'd always say like our noses were really nice and stuff like that. And like she, and as as I've gotten older, she told me like, she literally wanted a, a child that looked Indian. Like she loved like the thick eyebrows and like mm. the big full lips and like the nice cheekbones and like the thick hair. Like she wanted a kid that looked like that. And I was like, that's very interesting. Um, also because for me, I, I think Indians and like Africans and South Americans, like I think we all look very similar to some extent. Like the, there's like different varieties across all of those places but there's a lot of people um in like Eritrea and like Ethiopia on that side who like because they're almost in the Middle East they almost look very Indian 
And then it's also okay. like really dark Indians who like look like what someone would say, like an African person looks like, but that's because there's black people everywhere. Yes. Um, and so I always thought that was like really interesting because she like didn't like her lips. Her lips aren't even big. I was like, there's nothing like there's nothing big about your features. I don't know. It was weird. That's why um, I grew up getting called DSL and it took forever for me to realize what that actually meant. And then when I found out, I was appalled. Yeah. Because no. I was not a girl growing up who was given head. That was not my theory. No, no. No, I, yeah, I used to get that too. And I also didn't know what that meant. Um, right. Also, I was like, I don't think that, I, I don't really have big lips. But as I said before, like the area that I'm from is so white. Yeah, that so I was like, yeah, yeah. Full lips for sure. Yeah, I totally get that. They're, they're full, but they're not like. They're not my full. No, yours are much fuller. No, I get um, it. But it's like. Yeah, so that was interesting. And then like the whole weight thing, but I, I never really like it, my weight never really bothered me. Like it honestly bothered my mom more that I was like a little bit chubby because like I was a nerd when I was a kid. So I wasn't like super, super athletic. Um, but in high school, I was just like naturally thinner because like I got taller and stuff. Okay. But I never really tried. Um, and then when I got to college, um, when I met you, I just remember thinking like, damn, that's a slim, thick bitch right there. <laughs> I really thought like slim, thick was like, that was you. Cause yeah. I just thought I was like, that's what people are talking about when they talk about. Something. No, I, I think I agree because like, I, I'm not like super, I'm, I'm like thick now, thicker now because like I try to be, um, <laughs> but when, when I was, yeah, when we first like got to college and I was just, just like, people are attracted to me. Like I was so very confused because I came from such a white area. Like I never felt like guys were really into me. Yeah. Um, also, I get the you're intimidating thing from everybody. So I think also like I scared the shit out of most of the guys in my community here. Um, but in the Bay Area, they didn't care. So no, they I was like, wow, yes, like I'm I'm getting so much attention. It was really weird for me. Um, and even now I'm just like, OK, I guess like I'm not really interested. <laughs> um, but it, it's funny how it changes just like literally based off of where you live. Another thing was, I remember, like, being in high school, and I don't know, like, it's it's really weird, the phenomenon of, like, white people want uh, want to, like, be you and want to have the things that you have, just, like, not on a brown or black person. And so, like, I would note, I, I definitely noticed that a lot, like, when I was in high school, was, like, people would try to, like, imitate or, like, I would get comments from like older white men and stuff like oh your daughter like to my mom they'd be like oh your daughters are so beautiful and all this stuff um but then they were like still like racist um <laughs> and so it was just it was just like really weird for me so then when I got to college like I hung out with a lot of like uh Mexicans and like Asians and stuff but they were all like pretty pale for the most part like one thing that's like very distinct for me is like using dating app mm -hmm. and I remember like uh my two roommates who are both like one of them is Japanese and one of them was Mexican but she was like a white Mexican and they would get like so many people on hinge and like bumble and I was like how are you getting all these matches mm -hmm. because during that time that was kind of when um like people started being a little bit more into like the fuller lips um and like the like almond shaped eyes like people do like a certain like eyeliner to get the shape of eyes that we naturally have yes. Um, and people were like, oh, like, it's the age of the ass. Like, you'll, you know, you got it in the bag. Like, no worries. You're good. And I was just like, okay. But then, like, my roommates would be getting, like, so many people on there. 
And then someone told me one day, they were like, oh, like um, people who are brown and black, you get way less hits on like any dating apps. That's just like how it is. I was like, okay, cool. That's great. That's super fun. (laughs) That's why there's blackpeoplemeet.com. Exactly. And shoddy.com for the Indians. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. There's something for everyone. There, there really is something for everyone. But that's interesting you say that because I was on Hinge for a hot second. Hmm. And while I had messages, it was like I wasn't interested in these people or like yeah. they made me feel uncomfortable. But I also think I thought any number of messages was a big deal because I think I can now call myself like a serial monogamist. I don't think I've actually <laughs> been single since my senior year of high school, which is kind of wild to say. No, you definitely are. 27. So like... For me, it was like, ooh, the hot second I was single, I was like, ah, I got a message. One is like, no, and I used to, yeah, I used to get like excited every time because I didn't get so many. And then I would like go on my roommates and they have like hundreds of matches. And I was like, what? Yeah, I had a roommate who would be like, like, damn, y'all are like really looking for ethnic girls, but like still white. That's when I, that's when I knew. Because I had a roommate who she would be like, I'm trying to get some dick tonight. Let me just see what's going on on Hinge. And I'd be like, bitch, is that easy for you? She'd be like, well, I'm just gonna like look at one of these message suitors and be like, what's up? Where are you gonna be at tonight? Like, I'll be here in Campbell. If we happen to bump into each other, you yeah. might be able to take me home. And I was like, damn girl. And like, she's a very white passing, like, I guess I could call her a Latina woman. I think she's Costa Rican. I might be wrong yeah, on that. Anyway. Latino. So yeah, I totally can get that, which is really sad. And I think that's why we talk about beauty standards because like when I think of someone like myself, where if you have pretty brown eyes, a nice smile, big full lips, and you've got curves, but like someone could look at me and be like, mm, okay, with that white girl next to her or that like lighter skin girl next to her. That'd be way easier. Is way easier, whatever the case may be. Oh, well, she doesn't have those five things she has, but she has two, so I'll just take them. And it's like, I, I say easier as in like socially easier. Yeah. Like I think that people just find it easier to like be with somebody who is lighter or white because like you don't have to deal with a lot of scrutiny that comes with like being with someone like us. No, that's very true. Because the only people who hit on me at the bar are Mexican or black. Yeah. I don't think oh, every time. Me too. Hit on by an Asian or white man. I mean, there's definitely been white men who are like, damn, like you're amazing. I can't believe you have a boyfriend. Like you just have it all. Like you like sports. There's, there's a few, but I feel like those guys are like the fetish kind yes, of. Yes. I'm like, you have like a just looking for yeah. You want to know mm-hmm. what a black vagina looks like. You are tired of pink nipples in your mouth for one night and you just want to see something <laughs> else. That's really all it comes down to seriously. Cause there are men out there like that. And we have to acknowledge that. Cause let me tell you the older I've gotten, the weirder I realize human beings are. <laughs> Exactly. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is like, uh, like kind of this global shift into um, like plastic surgery and everybody having a fake ass and fake titties and fake lips. The lip fillers are on 100. Okay. I watch um, Love Island UK. Okay. Great show. They are absolute garbage. I love that shit. I've noticed um, over like the past couple of years, especially um, a lot of the girls on there have like super fake lips and it's like very common there to the point where like I was watching a show the other day. It's like a different show, but it's in the UK and the guy was talking about his fillers and he's like, oh, uh, one day I'm just going to like 
like burst. My lips are just going to burst. Like I can't keep getting fillers. They literally have to stop me. So like he was very openly talking about it and it's like a very normal thing there. And I feel like it's become very normal in a lot of countries. It has. And it's literally because of our celebrity obsession we have as human beings, because when you have people, here's the thing. Oh God. (laughs) I was all about the age of the booty. I was all about women who were like, like, finally, Jennifer Lopez, who was like, I'm going to shake my ass on these awards. So award show stages because people weren't doing it. You know, when Destiny's Child came out with Bootylicious, that was a revolution. It got added to the freaking Webster's Dictionary, people. Okay, people love booty. Let's celebrate it. Great. And then it was like, it was like plus size women were finally advocating for like, you know, you love us. You have these weird fetishes about us. We're going to call you out on it because you hide away in a closet and you don't ever want to be seen in public with a thick woman. The stories I hear of women dying because some deluded person claiming to be a doctor injected cement in their ass Mm. and it was in no way shape or form what is the actual grade level material that should be used and then you die because you just wanted a fat ass like Nicki Minaj I think was probably one of the worst things to ever happen to our society god bless her and her struggle you think it's Nicki Minaj's fault because listen Kim Kardashian wasn't shit until Nicki Minaj stepped on the scene the keeping up with Kardashian that's true starting to boom her sex tape like phenomenon had just kind of worn off people like really weren't caring about her but then we have this woman in front of us who like we literally saw and she did it right Nicki Minaj kind of came out and was like all right my ass and hips are already like being in the process of being done so that way by the time everything else caught up to it you kind of keep thinking in your head she's always looked like this but in reality when she started out she had no tits she had no ass her hips were normal her lips weren't even as big as they are now. Like, go back and find the pictures of her spitting rhymes on the freaking stoop tops, wherever the fuck neighborhood. I actually do need to find that because I just, I mean, like, she's she's Trini. So I just assumed that she kind of, like, came a little bit Ram. that way and then just, like, added just a little bit more. And Nicki Minaj looks like every basic ass bitch walking the street in USA. She literally, she, she also has, wears like corsets all the time. She does. So she's, she's like literally physically altering her body as she's in these costumes and these outfits. But I do think like the Kardashians just blew up. Kim was in everyone's faces. Nikki was in everyone's faces. And men were like, we love boobs and ass and we want more of it. You're right. This boom of plastic surgery really took over. I mean, think about it. Botox got super cheap. I feel like Botox was kind of that first I feel like thing. all of it got super cheap. It all overnight got super cheap. Like Botox was like an anomaly. It was like, you got to have money to go under the knife or get anything injected into you. And then Mm -hmm. Beverly Hills and Hollywood just kind of turned. Maybe it was reality TV. I don't know what, like, I can't pinpoint what exactly shifted in our culture, but I know we just started caring more about people we should never have given a damn about in the first place. And I know that certain artists and celebrities came up and their big shtick was that they had booties and butts and big boobs, like the Black Chinas and Amber Roses, and then the slut walks happen. And like all these things just kind of started like, you know, snowballing, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. The point where white women were like, wait, you can give me lips. Like I've never had lips my whole life. I've always been insecure about it. And all it would take is a couple hundred dollars and a couple of needles in my lips and I can have what I want. Fantastic. And then boom, you saw it everywhere. It was like, Mm -hmm. everyone had Botox, everyone had lip fillers. And then when Kylie Jenner got super popular, I mean, I have to give the girl credit. 
I was definitely a Kylie Jenner stan growing up because I watched Keeping Up with Kardashians every, it was like my guilty pleasure show growing up. Me and my mom were like, These, this family is crazy. Bruce Jenner looks so unhappy. Chris Jenner is freaking insane. Stop mm-hmm. prostituting your daughter for money and ads. And like, we just watched this family become literal nobodies at one point to what they are today. It's kind of fascinating to watch their rise in pop culture. Not a little bit. But anyway, so I understand the hype about Kylie because she was my age. She was a couple years younger than me. And I was watching this this little girl like turn into a teenager and turn into a woman and like chronicle her life. And the next thing I know, I see she has lips and that's all anyone could talk about. Like there were sorority sisters doing the cup thing. There were girls looking up online how much it would cost to get lip fillers. And then that shit Mm -hmm. became cheap. You guys can go get lip fillers for like a couple hundred dollars. It's really not that. It's super cheap to do it. Um, And I think that is why we're seeing so much of it. And then when the Brazilian butt lift became a thing, and like people were like, wait, you're telling me I could just get a, some ass shots and my ass will get bigger. It's like, yeah, but you shouldn't do it. And if you do, you're going to work out every day for the rest of your life to maintain that fat that doesn't belong there because there's a lot of like built. There's like a lot of um, don't match. fitness people on, on Instagram uh-huh. who like they, they promote fitness to get their butt, but most of them have like right. some type of surgery. And the only reason why they've got these great bubble butts so you can buy their programs because they sat on a table and got some shots and they're maintaining it. They're doing everything in their- Yeah, they are maintaining it. Yeah, but like, that's the thing. It's like, that's why it was so funny to me when Kylie Jenner was like, I haven't done anything. Because I'm like, then why are all your best friends around you working their asses off in the gym? Because they know they went with you and got the same shit you did because you don't do anything alone. Everything she's gotten, one of her girlfriends pops up with some bigger boobs or they're perkier or their lips are bigger. Like, it's fucking weird. And and I know people who know the surgeons of the Kardashians. Like, we all know these bitches' bodies are fake. Like We also know people who have gotten their ass done. Yes. And mutually. We mutually know them. Publicly flaunted that shit. Like, bitch, let me tell you, have you seen my new body? Isn't it fucking amazing? Shit was costing me some money, but it's fucking worth it. And you know what? These bitches do look happier. They do look like they're living their best life because their their looks clearly are that important to them that they felt the need to invest thousands of dollars into making it look exactly how they wanted it to. You know what? Listen, after I have kids, I'm gonna look at my man real quick and be like, boo, you need to sit your ass at home for three months because baby girl's going under the knife and I'm fixing all this shit. Because yes, I love my kids, but I don't love y'all enough to be unhappy with how I look for the rest of my life and resenting you for it because my body just cannot snap back. I don't think it's in my genetics. I don't think it's in my future. And I think I'm gonna have to go get a little work done in order to just, you know, be able to maintain what I need. I'm gonna have to work out every day for the rest of my life. It's just facts. Like I'm not gonna be able to yeah. Which I, and I, and I don't think there's a, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think if you can afford to get good work done and that's what you really want to do, go and do it. Um, but one thing too, that I notice is like, it's not just white girls that do it. I see a lot of Asian women getting plastic surgery and like, I just, I, I know like Asian women are definitely one of they're like one of the biggest like uh, yeah they're one of like the biggest demographics that gets it but they're also one of the biggest demographics that like grows up thinking that they're ugly because of like the people that they're around um and a lot of asian women get like the eyelid surgery because like they don't have hooded lids um because like being yellow is apparently frowned upon or being a brown asian like in china yeah 
Oh, girl, even in India, a country full of brown and like black people, they have this thing called fair and lovely. And it's very, very well known, like for um, even like they sees here and there that like they sell this shit for skin lightening. And I'm like, um, but yeah, I noticed that all the time is like Asian women do it too. And I'm just like, I think Asian women are so beautiful. And you know, um, and they do about. have like kind of fuller lips. They have beautiful cheekbones. And like, I think they're gorgeous. And it's interesting because I was always fascinated by Asians because I feel like they just eat a lot. Like that's the idea is like they consume lots of dumplings and dim, dim sum and rice and sushi and just fish. And like Asians know how to eat. And like when they have holidays, they know how to freaking grow, grow down. And it's always been very interesting to me how these people maintain really slim figures. Everyone's like, people always say, oh, it's the tea. Oh, it's the water. Like they are, there's, everybody has their own different ideas. And then I befriended Koreans in high school. <laughs> and girl, let me tell you something. To like see the skincare regimes that they had, to know that they spend good money to get Korean products shipped or yeah. your mom's going to Korea. So she's going to bring you back everything she can before TSA started changing all their like ounce guidelines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, that was a big deal. And I remember being like, I just don't get it. And I remember being educated, like, our beauty standards are kind of literally insane. Like your skin has to- Yeah, they are. Literally start- Has to literally look like melted, like plastic. That's what their skin looks like. Like it looks Because it's so, it's so well taken care of. It is. That is their standard. And it's like, and I don't know, because I think about black beauty standards and I don't, I don't really know what ours are besides being thick. Like, I don't feel like we have like a clear skin standard. I don't think blacks really care because some people, everybody's got their thing. If you don't have hyperpigmentation, you've got freckles, you've got, I don't know, you're just ashy. Like there's just so many things that just go into black culture in regards mm-hmm. to standard that I don't really know what else we have to care about except for being curvy women. I don't, I don't know. And then your hair looking decent enough that someone's not embarrassed to be standing next to you and you look like you didn't just roll out of bed after washing it for two weeks that's a very latino thing too that's kind of it they're like you have to have your hair done yeah um latinos are like oh my gosh they love like makeup they want to be like fully done up um like hair perfect that's why like in the dominican republic and this is like very well known in new york city too like dominican hairstylists because like they like do the blowouts that people want like people People like to go to the Brazilian blowout, but let me tell you, if you go to Santo Domingo, like mm-hmm. they will, they will blow dry the shit out of your hair. It's like stick straight for like three weeks, no oil, nothing. I don't know what they do, but it's like straighter than if you use a straight. So they have to have like, everybody has to have like perfect, well done hair. Um, you have to wear nice clothes, usually dresses, bright colors. I remember like going there in the summer when I was younger, it didn't really matter as much. Cause like I was a kid. Um, but then when I got older and I was like, you know, 13, 14, and we were kind of like starting to go out to parties and like hang out with boys. Um, and my cousins would like put me in these like little dresses and like these big heels. And I was like, this makes me very uncomfortable. I can very much feel my Asian side coming out because I don't like this (laughs) because it's very different. Like Indians are like fully covered up. And even though like the clothing is so beautiful, yeah. And they also have like, I mean, they have naturally straight hair for the most part, um, but they have like beautiful like braiding styles too. Um, so I really like that. But it, it's just like the contrast is so different. It's like Indians are like fully covered 
and the countries are just as hot so it has nothing to do with the climate it's just like a fully cultural thing dominicans are like dressed to the nines all, all the time if you are wearing something that isn't pressed or if you're wearing something like as a female that's not like just a little bit provocative then like you look weird there See, and I wasn't even going to touch on clothing because I was like, is that more like a fashion standard or is that still beauty? But I guess it is because... I think that's still beauty because it's different for men and women. Right, because I was thinking about with Black women, like, I grew up just knowing, like, your Sunday best because people went to church and you showed out at church. Like, that was always instilled in me was like, no one shows up to church not looking their best because you about to get talked about for the rest of the week, year, month, whatever, like, you know? But then besides that, it was always, I don't know. It was just like look put together I just saw a great thread actually on Twitter about this where or I don't know if you posted it or I don't know where I saw it but someone posted it where they're basically saying it's inhumane how white women can just throw their hair in a freaking bun throw on like their old ass juicy couture velour track suit and just go get their Starbucks but if I wanted to just do that I'd look a hot mess. People would think that like, I have no home training. Like I can't even wear my bonnet or headscarf Mm -hmm. out in public because people don't understand why black women need to wear bonnets and headscarves to bed, which will definitely lead into our next topic (laughs) very beautifully. And, and I thought about that because I was like, I've never, ever once in my life ever, ever thought about leaving my house without my hair looking presentable enough. I could be in the, the bummy sweats, and like some old boys t-shirt, but my hair will look okay. It's why I get braids all the time. Cause do you know how relieving it is to just have your hair braided and all I have to do is wrap it at night? I wear head scarves now, which I already told you, like I wear head wraps because mm-hmm. I don't like doing my hair all the time, but I feel the same way. Um, that's like a very prevalent thing in Latino culture too. Maybe it's just Dominicans, I don't know. But like, you have to have your hair done all the time. And what? I'm like, why? But it's just, it's just colonization. It's just whiteness. Like um, your proximity to whiteness determines how you can go out into the world. Yeah. Like we have to always look our best because we have to be on show for them and not make them feel offended by our look, but they can walk out. Like I was always so fascinated by my local Walmart growing up because people would always show up to Walmart in pajamas looking like they literally just rolled out of bed and didn't brush their teeth yet. Like People never gave a damn at Walmart. And I was like, what is it about Walmart that makes you feel so comfortable? (laughs) It's just trash. Yeah. And it was always white folks or like Mexicans with big families where I'm like, that mom was like, I don't have time to put my six kids in outfits. Whatever you're in right now is what you're in. Get in the freaking SUV. Like we're going to Walmart. Mm -hmm. But then like the white folks, I'm like, no, you made that conscious choice. Like you just knew that you could get away with the fact that no one's going to harass you or heckle you for the fact that you're wearing your cookie monster pajama pants that you've had for a decade. Yeah. Because, like, that is the standard in most cultures is, like, whiteness is the most attractive thing. But I just never, I just never found white people attractive. I think, I think that my own perception of myself would have been a lot, like, I don't think I would be nearly as confident if I thought white people were attractive because I'm very much not at all like that. Um, I used to joke with my roommates that, like, white women are, like, unseasoned chicken cutlets because, like, that's what they remind me of. I'm like, there's just nothing... There's no seasoning, like where's the song? Like there's nothing. They're they're not giving, they're not giving anything. They're giving me absolutely nothing. It's like that video of that girl. I and know. Is, and and that's like a huge thing in Afri- African cultures too. Like you want to be like nice and thick. Yes, and like, look like, like all the colors and like yeah. exactly. Like if you don't look like you've eaten, there's a problem. 
And that girl in that video where she's like, mm, this dress is sitting. She's like, you see like, my stomach? Yes. That's, that's me all the time. She's like, look, let me take you on my food journey I went on in my whole life. That's what got me here. And yeah. that's and I think we're finally starting to hit a moment in our culture as Americans where people are trying to be very much body inclusive, very um body positive. Like everyone's trying to be like, look, yeah, a little bit. You, are, you have the body, whoever you believe in gave it to you. Like you need to just do what you can to protect what you have and take care of it. Cause it's the only one you've got. And I feel like we are starting to see a shift in that. And I also think that's why plastic surgeries become so prevalent because women are really just using the solid excuse of I've always wanted tits. So I went and got tits. I've always wanted lips. So I went and got lips. I've always wanted an ass and uh, God damn it. I do squats every day of my life. And this peach just won't get bigger. I can't keep eating <laughs> thousand calories a day. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get that some people, you know, and you deserve, if you have the means, and you're doing it safe and you're doing it by someone who's reputable, who's not, you know, a, a, some pig who's just, you know, waiting to see breast all day and like, just feel up on naked women. You do what you yeah, that's key. your body, what you want it to be, whether that means working out, whether that means your diet, whether that means plastic surgery. I think we're all entitled to just enjoy what we have and do what we need to do in order to maintain it how we want to. And I think we're getting to that point, but it looks different for everybody. Like I don't get people who do workout competitions. I just think that mindset <laughs> is really dangerous. Like you're working I your agree. for like six weeks, 12 weeks, however long you're prepping for your diet. It's not very long. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like a quick fix. It's like your diet is super meticulous for like X number of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your weigh-ins, you're working out super fucking heavy on these target areas. Then you get these re- ridiculous tans that I have no idea what they have to do about weightlifting or why are they so much darker than your face make no fucking sense to me and every person who I've said this to always tries to justify it it will never be justified I don't care if you're telling me your muscles look bigger and more toned if they're you know what then you need to work out harder in the freaking gym instead of going (laughs) and being four shades freaking darker than you're supposed to be because uh, anyway I just can't but like Everyone's got their thing. I don't get it, but you know what? Teach their own. Just like how people probably don't get why I would still want to put cancer as fast food in my body because I eat for comfort and not for freaking diet, or at least mm-hmm. I was, and I'm trying to get my shit together. But like we've all got- You have to have a good balance. You have to have a good balance. And I try to tell myself, and the path I'm going on is you're healthy at home so you can indulge on the weekend. Like I want to be the person who does really good during the week. I feel good. I have energy. Everything's natural. So that way, when I want to go to a freaking nice restaurant and sit down and spend good money on this food and wine, I'm going to do it and enjoy every freaking bite. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it because I worked my ass off this week. That's the point I'm trying to get to. It's a journey. We're going to, we're going to. Yeah. And like, I just think, I think that there's so much pressure from society, like as women to, to be perfect and to like look perfect. And like, we, we all have to be like very conscious of how we like talk about other people's bodies and other people's features and stuff like that. Because like, I know I personally have been like hurt when people talk about certain cultures, Mm -hmm. um, like being ugly or like, you know, certain features being ugly. And I'm like, we can't help the bodies that we come in. And really like to your point, you just have to take care of the one that you got. Mm -hmm. So if you're being healthy, if you're being safe, like do whatever you want, just like don't put your entire life at risk for ridiculous beauty standards that are set. 
by people that have no lips. Right. And by people who see <laughs> you anyway. So their opinion really doesn't matter. Yeah. Don't surround yourself by people like that. Yeah. And be happy you're not a celebrity who has to pay for a gym membership and a trainer and a nutritionist because they have to maintain this in order to keep jobs, to stay relevant. And because they're scrutinized for every single thing that they do. Right. And so, you know what, if you're blessed enough to not be in the public eye like that, then because guys have it too. It's not just a women thing. I mean, I felt, mm-hmm. I've, I've been really upset with the way men kind of, it's like, you're either a super fit guy or you have a dad bod. Like that's what's celebrated. Yeah. It's like, you're either have a six park, six pack rock hard abs and these great arms that girls want to just hang off of like fucking sloths. Or it's like these dad bods. I don't know who was smart enough to market dad bods to be cool. Whoever did it, bravo. Because women still can't seem to get people to understand that no matter what imperfection we have, we still look damn good. Exactly. The standard good. is just like, it's it's such a double standard of like, mm. we, we can't do anything right because men always feel like somehow they have the right to criticize what we look like. Uh, one of my sister's students did a presentation last year and it was literally about the stand the like I guess kind of beauty standards for males um like how you're either expected to be super ripped and then you can be like a superhero or like you know the star of the movie or you're like the fat funny one or somehow like some trope of being fat and he was like this is so ridiculous and it's like this um like her student is like this thick like Brazilian kid who's black um and so he was like this is bullshit (laughs) he did a whole presentation on it yeah he doesn't want to be typecast as the fat funny friend anymore he's like I'm so much more than like the lovable big bear that you have in Mm -hmm. your life because I mean that's in every tv show and movie there's always this like you said the super hot guy who's got like the robin friend who like, oh, dude, if you just worked a little bit harder, you could get chicks like me. And it's like, I hate that shit. Yeah, but you're dull as fuck. And your friend's the one that has the real personality and why the show is even being carried because they actually have substance. But like, mm-hmm. that's how it is for guys. And it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Beauty I standards. So I do. I do love like a thick, like a Winston Duke kind of thick. Have you seen that man? Oof. I'll climb all over him. Listen, so I did not understand the memes and jokes. Like y'all keep talking about whatever Boswick and Michael B. Jordan, but they're like, can we not get the hype about Winston Duke? Cause yes, he, ma'am. They were like, I need all that thickness in my bed. I did not know what they meant. I was very confused. I was like, clearly there's this guy that these women, these black women are just fawning over in Black Panther. I can't wait to see this and see. And then I saw him and I was like, these women <laughs> got a lot of fucking nerve. Cause you see him, I was just like, oh my God, he is beefcakes. I get it. But it was just so funny in the way that the women were talking about him. Were uh-huh. like, Y'all can take your washboard abs and 0% body fat. I don't want it. I want him. I want all I want of that. Him. Yes. And I was laughing. hundred so percent. He has this rep now of just being this like sexual chocolate teddy bear of mm. a guy because everybody was like, dude, you look good in that animal skin, bruh. I, I really hope maybe one day we can all feel that we can feel good in our skin. I don't know if that day will ever come because I think ego and just insecurity is just rampant in every human being. Yeah. They're just smaller or bigger in some areas. But you know what, guys? Just be healthy and happy. That's really all you can do. That's all we can ask and expect of each other. Don't don't be mad at someone else for what they're doing. You know, you got to go after and get it too. I spent a lot of time being jealous of folks 
realizing that if I spent half the effort I put into being jealous in the gym and watching my diet, I could be living my best life too. So like, you know, and I am living my best life. I just wish I was like 10 pounds lighter doing it. That's all we're trying to work on. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, don't, don't set goals for yourself because you want to like look a certain way, set goals for yourself because you want to feel a certain way. Because when I actually started going to the gym and really got into it, and now I like love working out, it was because like I was really depressed at the time. I was super unhappy, like with my job, with my life, like with everything. And I hit up my friend who I knew was a trainer and I was like, fix me. She was like, Maya, like you don't need to like lose weight. Like you look great. Like you're looking thick as ever. Like you look good. I was like, it's really not even about that. Like I just feel like shit all the time. Yeah, and I'm trying and to- now like if you can tell I'm like hyper and like super energetic all the time because like I work out because I like to do it like it gives me energy and I'm very very moody um yeah. I've always been a very moody person um and so it really helps regulate my mood like it honestly makes me feel 10,000 times better endorphins are real you really can get them from working out you will be happier I guarantee it <laughs> Totally. Oh, I love it. Okay, let's take a quick break before we move on to the next topic. Welcome back to We've Got to Talk About, you guys. I'm really excited for this next topic. Maya was so lovely to text me a few days ago and was like, bitch. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, tell me. She's like, we need to talk about beauty standards and black hair. And I was like, yes, because Maya saw that I, I've been posting every time I wash my hair, you guys, I like to, I like to just show the people what it is, because if you don't know black hair, you don't understand what I look like with wet hair. It just does not make sense to me mm-hmm. because you didn't grow up in a household having to see someone with black hair, get their hair done. Um, black hair is an important topic. There's movies about black hair. I mean, you know, there's a Sinal Lathan. There's laws about ba- black hair. Literally crown laws enacted in big metropolitan cities in America because people have been discriminated against for having natural hairstyles like afros, like dreadlocks, like two-strand twists, like braids. Um, and for those of you that don't know me, I grew up with my hair either pressed straight, which means a hot comb from a stove was put to my head to make my hair straight. Yes, you heard that right. A hot comb, a literal comb made of steel that you put on the stovetop so the fire heats it up and then you burn your hair straight. That was me. And then if it wasn't that, I was um, in braids because that's a protective hairstyle. And my mom and I wouldn't have to do anything to my hair for three months, which for us was a big deal because I don't know, I think from like first to third grade or first to fourth grade, I always had my hair in a ponytail. I don't know if you know that about me. Yeah. I think you told me that. Yeah. I do love you with braids. It just looks really good. Yeah. And I just love braids. I feel like it's my best look to be completely honest. Um, but anyway, so we're talking about black hair. because I feel like it needs to be a topic that people need to be educated on. And because I'm sick and tired of seeing all of these women trying to sell me their hair care line that is literally not meant for black hair. Yeah, here's my thing. And we're going to start off with that so I can just get this out of the way. If you saw Arbonne or Monat on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media thing of your choice, there's other hair care people. First of all, it's a pyramid scheme. Let's just get this out of the way. You are Amway. Thank you. It is the exact same thing. There's nothing different about it only because the company started in 2017 instead of 1964. There's literally no difference. 
the fact that you're asking people to buy products for you so you can at some point win a Cadillac. If you're asking people to join your team, quote unquote, so that you can all make money together, AKA the more girls you have in your team means the more money you make. And then once they realize that and they realize, shit, I've got to go get six to eight other people who are going to do the same thing as me at the same level in order for me to make money to get that Cadillac. Whoa there. It's a lot of work to be done. That is a pyramid scheme, ladies and gentlemen. Go watch the office episode where Jim Halpert literally draws a triangle around Michael Scott's hard <laughs> situation and explains to him, my dude, you've been bamboozled. So here's the thing. I'm never going to be a woman against another woman having a side hustle. I think it's very important for all people, not just women, to have another source of income that is not your main source of income. You guys, I'm going to cheers myself real quick. I made a margarita for this. It's, it's that real. Man, I should have made one. <laughs> I wish I could have made you one too while we were on break, but I, I know. Yeah, no, it's okay. We virtually send drinks yet through our MacBooks. At some point, Apple. Will be <laughs> Damn, that's good, Caitlin. Okay, I see you, girl. Mm, I burnt it with some tahini. Oh, do you like a bartender or something? <laughs> it just might be. Um, so, you guys, selling hair products though to your quote-unquote friends and family. Listen, it's not my job to make you money. Unless you are a small business owner and you have like an actual service to provide me that like I could use. Yeah, of course, it is my duty as a consumer to like help you thrive. But you guys are literally just selling products for someone else to make money off of because it takes you so long for you to actually see residuals that would make you and your family profitable off of. Like you're just doing it because your girlfriend's doing it and she's gotten $1,000 in the last month or two. And it's like, but she needed 20 people to buy these things. And she bought a bunch of shit herself in order to get to that point. But let's move on. When you guys are showcasing your products, haven't you noticed, Maya, that there's always a bunch of white people in these result photos and like one racially ambiguous motherfucker who might have a tan and still be white or like might just happen to be mixed and got blessed with like mainly white hair because there's no like 2C, 3C texture anywhere up in that bitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know, I know about Monat because a girl that we know from our sorority, like, um, I did buy some skincare stuff from them, and their skincare they stuff is fine or whatever, but I, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would never use their hair care products. I think I used, like, one thing that I got for free, and I was like, this is ass. Like, it fucked up my hair. I had to rewash my hair after using it. Mm -hmm. um, it's not even meant for, like, because I don't have black hair. But my hair is curly. Like it still has a little texture to it. And it's yeah. just not meant for any texture. No, yeah. And you have specific hair because you have two ethnicities coming together genetically that aren't very common. So I'm sure your own genetics, like we're kind of like, what are we doing here? We don't really know, but yeah. we're just going to go with it. And whatever happens, happens. Because that, that happens for mixed race people. Like if you... You know, like it's becoming more and more common for black and whites to intermingle. And I mean, that's been a thing since the slave days. So like over longevity, our DNA started to understand what the hell was going on when like those situations would pop up. So like, that's why you see mixed hair evolved into what it is with like these really luscious mm -hmm. curls and these big froze and like these women who seem to just have the perfect hair that any girl who's ever wanted curly hair has. They're racially ambiguous, mixed ethnic women who were blessed with the fact that more of their Caucasian or European side came out in their hair texture than the actual ethnic side from whatever black or brown home country a parent is from. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Stop trying to sell me this shit though, okay? Because it's not meant for my freaking hair, all right? 
black and brown hair is so we just talked about Maya and how interesting it is for her like there's a whole spectrum of ethnic hair care that people don't even know if y'all spent 15 minutes on YouTube and just typed in black and brown hair you would have your mind blown at the number of people who have invested their time, energy, heart, and soul, and money into these products to try them for the community at large so we can all stop buying the crap that we've been buying. So Maya asked me a question earlier, and just to round out my little rant, I don't come on Instagram to be solicited. I need there to be a no solicitor thing in my mm -hmm. algorithm. I need there to be a box I can check in my settings that says I am not going to see ads from people I follow. I understand Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram need ads for revenue. That's perfectly fine. I know what I've signed up for in order for me to not pay for it. I got to see some ads. Totally here for it. Keep them coming. But you, my friend, who I like, who I literally just want to see your life, I'm not here to be your, like, soundboard for your product. I'm sorry, I'm not. Yeah, I'm going to, like... I just, like, unfollowed all those people. Yeah, and it's like, sure, I'm going to promote a podcast, of course, but I'm not going to sit here and give you 20 Instagram story-length videos on why you need to try this hair care product. I don't want to wash you, wash your hair. If I wanted to see that shit, I'd be on YouTube watching it myself. I don't come on Instagram for that stuff. That's not what Instagram was really even made for, honestly. That's why there is places like YouTube. Like, exactly. post your stuff there. And then, you know, hop on Instagram and be like, hey, you guys, I'm selling a product. Let's go to YouTube and watch it. Do that instead. I'm unfollowing everybody because I just don't have the time. I don't <laughs> here to be sold shit. I don't like you knocking on my front door and I don't like seeing it on my screen. That's all I got to say about that in regards to hair care. Now let's be moved on to educated, you know, things about black hair. Maya asked me yes. earlier before we started recording, what products do I use? Because I found out really disturbing things when sheltering in place happened and everybody was very much on their Juneteenth energy and we all wanted to support our black owned businesses, the internet really rallied together and provided a plethora of resources and websites of black and brown owned businesses of the LGBTQ plus community so that we could all support each other and stop putting our money in the corporate capitalistic pockets that is big America and like the five major corporations that run the beauty empire. If you guys didn't know, you guys should really do your research on the beauty industry and realize that like, oh, I'm a Maybelline girl. Oh, I'm a cover girl girl. Like most of these brands are all owned by the same umbrella companies. And these are just different brand, you know, family tree branches of they're like- all, a, They're all the same company every time. Yeah, there's literally, it's a conglomerate. It's just like our TV media thing with like Disney and Fox and NBC. It's the exact same thing with the beauty industry. Take a look, there's images on the internet. They're great. I was like, what, are you telling me a white man thought of this idea and then found a couple people to like put some scientific ingredients together and like marketed it literally. And I gave Maya the example of Popeyes. We all know Popeyes is a white owned chicken company. But yet the only person you see in a Popeyes commercial are people who are black and that woman with her little Southern fake Louisiana make you think accent trying to sell <laughs> chicken. Okay. It's a marketing ploy. A bunch of companies do it. And clearly hair companies have been doing it. So I was using Cantu for years because it does great things for my hair. Is Cantu like not black owned? No, ma'am. I used to use Cantu all the time. I thought it was for us. It looks so African. I thought it was Fubu in this bitch. Nope. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm bitch. using Cantu, right? I can't get up right now to go look. Yeah, it's Cantu. Because, yeah. Because Shea Moisture was like the one of the first Black-owned brands in Target. 
And like, that's now why Target has an ethnic hair aisle because they're trying to do their part in getting all of these black and brown brands because people have finally been calling them out. Like your black hair care section is, I don't know, a quarter of an entire aisle. And another thing about um, Target's hair care aisle is the curly hair, depending on how ghetto of a city you live in, quote unquote, um, that stuff will be locked up. Just like Walmart. Mm-hmm. I, and I had to tell my mom that one time because they had it on TV and she didn't believe me and my sister who lived in San Jose and Oakland. She yep. was like, they don't do that. I was like, all of the ethnic things, all, all of them. the beauty section, the, the lashes, like the nail stuff. There's yep. super random things that yes. are very clearly black yes. and brown things. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And they're locked up. They're in a cabinet and you cannot get to them. I've actually even seen it in Sally's in San Jose. Ooh, really? Yeah, I've seen it locked up there. And you know what? And that's the thing, you know, it's everything has some prejudice behind it. It's really, really sad and insane when you start to piece these things together and realize this is how our black and brown communities at large are being treated in cities throughout America because me and I have seen it in Bay Area, California, and that's supposed to be one of the most liberal understanding. We're all in this together places. And boy, let me tell you something. Shit is changing fast. Liberal is a useless word. It's honestly so yeah, and that's why we're here to talk about black hair because like people don't even understand the concept of shrinkage. You guys Mm -hmm. hear that word and probably think it relates to a penis. And I am not even talking about that at all. Shrinkage with black hair is the fact that you see a woman with curls and you're like, oh, her hair is short. But then I grab one strand of that curl and I pull it and I've got an extra six inches coming out of here. So like if someone saw my hair right now, I'm literally pulling it for Maya, even though you guys can't see. And she knows I don't have to give her this example, but I like it. Pro is short but I'm convinced I haven't straightened my hair in about three years. I do not know its length. I cut all my hair off two years ago. It's going to be a big moment for me to sit down and straighten my hair to see how long this shit is. And I'm estimating right now. I'm, I'm like almost to my titties. Yeah. I was going to say it's probably like up to here ish and I'm short you guys. So I kind of have a longer like neck to boob ratio. Cause I also have big boobs and it's kind of like the same size as my torso. I'm just now realizing, which is kind of weird, but yeah, so it's not that much room to go with, but it's a big deal. Um, I always had long hair growing up. I talked in a previous podcast episode about how I definitely felt like I was blessed with the hair I have. I'm definitely thankful for the Indian and European that's on both sides of the family that got me to what this is. It's manageable. My mom never made me go through like perms or relaxers. Like the one time I got it, she saw that it's my hair and she was like, never again. I'm so sorry. I love you too much to put you through this. And I was like, thank you, mother, for appreciating my crown. And yeah, and I don't know, because of braids, I have some really great healthy hair that I'm trying to manage and turn into like a beautiful luscious fro. And I'm definitely well on my journey. And it's been a lot of fun, but it's hard because I was telling Maya earlier, all these brands are popping up. So now I have the hard decision of who do I want to give my money to? Who do I want to test out? Because when I tell you guys, like I know all women can agree with it when it comes to beauty our trial and error runs are so exhausting. They're so Mm -hmm. expensive. They're so time consuming. The research alone, reading people's reviews, reading ingredients, doing the research on ingredients. And like, that's just one level of it. And then it's the purchasing of it. And then it's like, if it works great, but then if it doesn't, what if you have a skin reaction, you break out, you got an issue and now your hair falls out. 
Yeah. And like beauty is really freaking complicated. And it's why people are striving so hard for natural skincare products because they're like, these are things literally getting into our bloodstream mm-hmm. from being applied through our skin. And it's giving people cancer and it's making people sick. And we didn't even have an idea. And it's all because a lotion had one ingredient in it that's been toxic this whole time. And we're just, you know, so we're here to educate too, because shrinkage is a real thing. Black women's hair looks short, but really it's long. Don't touch our hair. Please don't do it. You know, I have friends who love to touch my hair. And I think some people know that they're in the clear to touch my hair, but like, if you're going to touch it and have a comment to come with it, it better be a really fucking amazing, wonderfully huge compliment comment and not like a, oh, it's softer than I thought. Or like, oh, this is weird. Or like, wow, how do you do that? And I don't know. I've just dealt with things all the time, having to explain to people how braids work. Having people just play in my hair all the time because they just want to know what it feels like. They want to know what a braid feels like. And I'm like, was it what you thought? I don't even know what you could thought, like, think it is. It's hair. Don't you braid your own hair? Girl, like, go get your own hair braided and figure it out. Like, well, don't touch mine. I don't need to be the token black girl in your life where, like, you learn all these things. Like, you guys, the internet exists. And I'm <laughs> go really, watch YouTube videos. Seriously, I'm so upset with the fact that we're all on our phones, we're all on our tablets, laptops all day long, and yet people can't take the 5, 10, 15 minutes it takes to just hit Google, ask a question, and look at the goddamn results. Like, I don't want to have to be the, I can't, the walking billboard for black hair. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's a process, Maya, to be black and to have black hair. My whole life, I've had to explain it from grade school through, like, it's just a thing. It's a part of me. I feel like can't turn it off. I mean, I have customers ask about it. Even when I cut all my hair off, it was like so many questions. And I'm like, I don't even have any hair to talk about. So what are we talking about? (laughs) And like people just are like fascinated and they have no idea and they don't know. So I'm here to let you guys know the process of doing black hair. It might take you 30 minutes to an hour to do your hair. And that might be a big deal for you. Like if it from your wash condition, like detangle slash blow dry process takes you an hour or less, you are blessed. Any woman does not matter your background, your ethnic background. You're just blessed in general because so many women, if you are racially mixed, like there's just so many things you have to deal with. Or if you're someone like a lot of girls growing up who have moms who don't know what to do with your hair because it's not the hair that they grew up with. It's not the hair they're used to. I don't know. It's it's just crazy, you guys, because I think for me, total time, if I want to wash and condition my hair, I have to wash my hair twice because my hair is so thick that one wash through is just not enough. So I wash it twice, condition it. Air dry, so the detangling process fuck it takes me like a solid 30 45 minutes to just detangle then I have to actually like twist out my hair and so when I say twist out you guys I literally take two strands of my hair and I twist them around each other that's it that's, that literally is what it is you can look it up on YouTube there are videos um yeah. you can also twist out your hair if you have curly hair that's and you sh- black hair yeah, but like, so, and I've noticed that some curly haired women are doing twist outs because they're saying it like maintains their curls or it's like giving them more texture. Mm-hmm. And, and my personal thing is if you've got curly hair, do a twist out. It might protect them, especially if you're a woman who doesn't sleep with a scarf or on. And let me tell you, all women, listen, if you are a woman with hair. If you are a human being with hair, you should be sleeping on silk pillowcases. I don't sleep on silk pillowcases because I wear a silk headscarf to bed every night. I should. There's some nights I don't. It happens. 
but silk is the best thing for our hair. It's going to promote hair growth. It's going to stimulate your cells for your hair. A lot of reason why people have hair loss is because their sales, sales, sorry, Ooh, a little country, um, <laughs> their cells are um, stimulated anymore. Like there are, there is a science to our literal hair growth. It's on- also really good for your skin. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm blessed genetically, so my skin is nice, but girl, yes, I sleep on a I sleep on a silk pillowcase because actually my my roommates who I used to live with, like they both have stick straight hair and they both had silk pillowcases. And it was like, wait, that's not just for people with my hair texture. Like people right. with straight hair can sleep with that. They were like, yeah, it's really good for you. So then I got one. Yeah. So silk or satin, you guys, best thing for your hair. Same thing for your skin. We're all supposed to be sleeping on luxurious silk and satins. Your pajamas are supposed to be silk and satin. Like this is just tried, true and tested. It's breathable fabric. It doesn't hold bacteria like cotton or polyester Mm -hmm. or some of these other materials do um, because our dirts and oils, especially for women who do have really intense night care, nighttime skincare routines, you're going to want silk Mm -hmm. or satin because your oils and your sweat and the dirt just mixes with the materials like I listed before. It's not good for your skin. And you want, like I said, you want a breathable fabric so that your pores can be happy. So yeah, yeah this is for everyone. This is for everyone. We got to talk about it from Maya and Caitlin. Ding. Okay. So, <laughs> but yeah, but black hair, you guys, it's just really complex um, because everybody's hair is different. And if you didn't know, there's levels to hair. Um, from one to four, you can have one, two, three, or four texture hair. Black hair. One and two is a thing. I think they added the one so that women with that hair didn't feel left out. I think it was kind of like an all-inclusive, like, we're going to let you know what kind of hair we cater to kind of a thing. I don't know. I guess that's fine. I mean, we should include everybody, but also like, you should, you should know about other people's hair too. Like if you're, if you have hair, know about other people's hair too. Know what you can and can't do. Um, Don't question what people are doing to, to their hair. Like it's not your place to ask people what they choose to do. That is freaking true because um, I don't want to have to answer to anyone on why I chose to like take my braids out and wear a fro. I don't think I need to answer to anyone why I need to chop off my hair. Like, I don't think I need to talk about any of that with anyone because it's a personal thing. Like, I don't just walk up to a white girl and I'm like, why is your hair dyed? I need to know. Like, cause you like the freaking color, like move on with your time and your day. And I get people are inquisitive and like, they do want to know. But again, the internet is your friend. Let me tell you guys something. If you are friends with black people and you ever have questions, the first thing you should do is go to the internet so that you're not accidentally racist. Because I'm really sick and tired of people being like, well, I didn't know. We literally get the internet for free. Go ask it a freaking question. (laughs) Because the best thing for you to do is like have five minutes worth of education on your own time before you bring a question to your ethnic friend who comes from an area, country, culture, background that you have no idea really what it is except for what you've seen in mainstream culture media, your feelings won't get hurt in your responses. Your friends won't look at you like you're ignorant as hell. And you would have already been smarter before showing up with your friend because you took the time upon yourself to actually do the research. Your ethnic friends are not responsible to inform and educate you on why things are how they are, on why we operate, on why we talk the way we do, Ebonics, accents, whatever. I just saw the worst video of Ellen DeGeneres making fun of Sofia Vergara every time she opens her freaking mouth. And I was like, I don't know how I never noticed this before. 
every time she has something to say about her accent. She's like, oh, you're speaking English so much better. And Sophia's literally sitting there trying so hard not to be like, bitch, if you keep talking. And I think she gets mad because she's like, I can joke about it, but like you can't. And especially exactly. on that. That's the problem. Out of millions of viewers who are mainly white women who like, there's a reason why people think they can just talk to Spanish speaking people like you're in America, speak English, like boo-boo. Where was your history lesson when you grew up? Because let me tell you something. Y'all can't even say half of the freaking Indian names, nations, languages anyway. And that's what everybody was speaking before anybody was here. But you know what? Go off. Go ahead and speak your piece. But anyway, to get back to black hair. So black hair is complicated. It's beautiful. There's so many things you can do with it. Um, From dreadlocks, which is like the natural twisting and locking of your hair, there is some things you can do. You can go have hairstylists like start the process for you or retwist and lock your hair so that it can grow into a bigger, stronger, healthier dread. Like there's so many things you can do. Um, That has its own hair care system. Salt water is really great for dreads. You'll notice people don't wash their hair that often. I always get the question when I have braids, if I wash my hair, like, yes, I'm not walking around with hair that hasn't been washed for three months, people. I wash my hair on a weekly basis. Um, sometimes more if I feel like, I don't know, I was around a bunch of people smoking and like my hair, like just catches. Like smells. Yeah. That's definitely a product of like having fake hair, you know, because it just collects odor easier than natural hair does sometimes. Um, but yeah, from Afros, my hair now is natural. So like I said, I detangle it and I do it twist out. It's just like, um, any other woman washing her hair, conditioning it, combing it, and then French braiding her hair before she goes to sleep at night because you want to wake up and have your hair wavy. That's essentially what I'm doing with my hair. Instead of a French braid or any braid, I'm just twisting it. It's not like we're doing anything different than any other woman would do if she has like a nighttime process for her hair. It's just that it takes us longer because our hair consistency is probably 10 times as thick as yours. So yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I've, I've definitely empathized with white women who genetically just come from families with thick hair. It might be really hard to manage because you guys have your own things you got to go through with your own hair too. But like bottom line, we can all be using the same products for our hair and your hair be fabulous. All hair loves a good shea, a good oil, like argan oil, avocado oils, like all hair needs to be hydrated. Our hair literally is just like our skin. It needs to be hydrated, nourished, taken care of, sealed, protected, all that fun stuff. But black hair is really beautiful. We can do so many styles with it. I've definitely had white friends over the years be like, I'm jealous because I feel like you can just do so much more with your hair. Like in order for me to change my hair, I literally have to cut or dye it. That's all I can do. Or like get a perm. They're like, they're like, you can literally like wet it and like have an eye. Oh my God. Where's this country? And it's like sleeping up. (laughs) It's from the margarita. Right? Gosh, that's just the tequilas. Give me a little western. Um, (laughs) So what was I saying? But yeah, you can have an afro. You know, I could go get it braided. I could do a natural twist out. I could press it straight. I could curl it still just like I could anything else. I could French braid it and still wake up with it wavy too. Like there are so many more things I could do. I could get dreadlocks so that I could protect my hair for the time being, whatever the case may be. And yeah, you know, you might not be able to do all those things. Like white women got to go through a little bit more work to like get dreadlocks. It is possible. It's just a process. But I mean, and I know white women with dreadlocks, you know, to each their own. Here's my thing. I'm kind of on, I'm a little bit weirder, I think, about cultural preparation in regards to hairstyles, because for me, I kind of just don't care, because I think, 
the load has been so heavy on my shoulders my whole life that I just don't give a damn anymore. Like if you're a white woman and you want to go get braids, like I know me and my talked about this before, but like best of luck, like your head's going to kill you. You're not going to be able to deal with it. You're probably never going to do it again, but you know, you do you, if you want to actually go sit and get a full on weave and like actually know what it's like to have a braid plaited to your head and then sewn in with a needle with extensions, be my guest have at it. You might never do it again either. But like, there's all these things, you know, like white women who get dreadlocks and then they realize like the amount of care it takes, like how quickly their hair grows, all these things to maintain and then how quickly dreads can just get out of control if you don't take proper care of them as well. Um, like I said, have at it. Just respect black hair. Don't comment on it. You don't need to, because I promise you the person whose head it's on went through a lot of work to just get it to even look the way that is, whether you think that looks good or not. So just shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then educate yourselves. Like when I said, YouTube, literally, like my mom has sent me so many YouTube videos over the years of like Bantu knots on like certain twist out, you know, methods, like all these things just so that I can try to maintain my hair how I want to. Like I had a braid appointment for next week that I canceled because I was like, I'm really digging my fro and I don't want to braid braided right now. Like I just want to keep rocking the fro because I like the fact that I can move around and shit. And you're at home. So it's like, you don't have to feel the pressure that you normally do of like, oh, you know, I have to go out and like work and do all this stuff. So it's just easier to maintain if I have braids. Right. And so I, I, I am going to get it braided before the holiday season hits so that I don't have to worry about it. I know holidays are going to be a little different for us. I don't know why I keep feeling the holiday season is going to be like a normal holiday season. It's definitely not. But I just I think it's just because it's the holidays and I'm just like, oh, I always get excited when it's holiday season. But yeah, yeah I mean, hair is incredible. And I'm just really thankful that I do have my black hair because like I said, it is quote unquote better black hair. I, I am able to keep it manageable. There are some women who really truly do just grow up and like their blackness is so black that their hair just won't do anything. I mean, they straighten it. There's no point to it. It breaks and falls off. You know, it, it has no curliness for them to try to maintain with a gel or a curling cream mm. or a serum. It's just not possible. It won't grow. Like there's so many things that can attribute to like why a black woman's hair can't grow, can't do these things. It's literally crazy that black kids are growing up having to be ridiculed by school officials over their hair. We literally can't control this shit. No one asks to be born and no one asks for their DNA. So the fact that it's allowed to be ridiculed and there's a word I'm looking for. It's literally punishable. Like they've, there's, there was one girl that they like cut her braids off at yeah. school. At and it's school. like, not only are you touching a child who cannot consent to you touching them because you are in a position of authority, yep. which is already fucked up, but on top of that, you're like torturing this little girl and making her have like trauma for the rest of her life because she was humiliated and also like violated because like, why would you touch a child's hair? It's none yeah. of your business. But that's the problem is that like the reason why all of like, like we have to talk about black hair is because like literally just the history of black women being able to wear their hair legally and out in public, like this all goes back to them being enslaved. Like the, the white women who owned the plantations were worried that because black women's hair was so beautiful that like their husband was going to be um, more drawn to the black woman, which first of all, 
that already happened because they wanted to hold more power over black women. So like they went and did whatever they want with them anyway. But then like they had to adapt their hair to make white women feel better. So like the the history and like knowing why like this is so important and why it's so important to just like let people do what they want with their hair and not ask them questions about it and not like tell them what they should and shouldn't be doing and oh this would look better on you like it's none of your business literally and Maya speaks that truth because there's so many accounts and stories from slaves because there was this movement in America where white slave owners were falling in love with the slave women they had they weren't just raping them. They were actually in love with them. They were having relationships with them. And the families in the big house and the main house were like, why is he falling in love with this worker? He's got a whole family here. We're white, we're doing everything right. And yet he's falling in love with this black slave woman who literally means nothing. And it's like, these beauty standards have started so long ago. Think about what it must've been like to be a white woman married to a plantation owner and you're watching him fall in love with a slave insecurities with like white and black women have started so long ago because white women had wanted to do the things they needed to do to be as desirable as these slave women were while black women were trying to do what it took to look like these white women so they could just get by and live another day and not be harassed and just like be a part of society. And that's why black hair wigs and weaves are so popular. And when I say weaves, you guys, weaves are literally hair extensions. Um, there are different variation of weaves. Weaves, I don't know why, I don't know what I said. Um, but Beyonce made really popular um, the lace front, mm -hmm. which is a wig, but it was a weave at one point. I think now they're full-blown wigs. And basically it's like, it's just so fine and how it is is when you cut the edge off of the wig and you attach it to your head, it's the most natural looking quote unquote wig out there. You know, black women spend a lot of money on hair. There's so many companies who have come up because they get 100% Indian hair. I'm sure Maya can attest to you that there are women in India whose literal job it is, is to make sure their hair just stays healthy and grows and grows and grows because they go and they chop that shit off and get a lot of freaking money for it. And that's all mm -hmm. they do. They eat certain foods, they do certain things and they just grow their hair because they just can grow it really fast. They're just blessed. And Indian hair is probably some of the most coveted sought after hair for white women or black or brown women. It doesn't even matter just because there is this popularity stigma on East Asian hair that it is going to be some of your healthiest, strongest, durable, most natural looking can like travel well after cut hair essentially. Yeah, because it has like, uh, there's, there's, there's different types. There's so many different types of textures, even just like in Indian hair. And so it's a lot easier. Like I, I see a lot of women, um, wear like, uh, even like a wavy, like a wavy wig that's still Indian hair because like the waves almost look like theirs. It's just a, a slightly different texture. And so like, it's easier for them to just like put it in a wig rather than like have to use 50,000 products to get it to look exactly like that. Right. Um, and have you seen the lace fronts in the UK? Because no. that shit is like, you can't, they're like invisible. I don't know what like nanotechnology they use on lace fronts in the UK, but it's incredible. And that's the thing is, I don't even know that much about lace fronts or wigs in general or weaves. I'm pretty sure Kylie Jenner knows more about wigs than I do. 
listen to that freaking statement. And I know a lot of white women who love their wigs because, and that's the thing is, I think I was really naive in thinking that white women were trying to steal our culture when it came to wigs until I had to remember about the world of drag and like theater and just self-expression in the arts. Like wigs are just a woman thing. Like women need wigs for multiple variation of reasons. And I think I had to remind myself, like, I don't know if this girl can't grow hair. I don't know if she got a bad dye job or perm job and like whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, cancer, all these things. Um, but I definitely find it interesting how like, and I love her, but how Ariana Grande could be like, you like my hair, gee, thanks, just bought it. But like, there used to be a stigma a decade ago where like, your hair wasn't supposed to be fake. Like, it was bad if you had extensions. It was bad if you had braids. It was bad if you were wearing wig- like wigs. <clears throat> it was like everyone, there was a certain moment in time where everyone was having their hair straight. Everybody wanted to look mm-hmm. like a white person and a white person with straight hair curls were frowned upon it was just like I don't know just the whole thing like the afro movement and like black panthers is all very synonymous it was black people finally being like this is what our hair is supposed to do we're tired of the jerry curl we're tired of the activator juice and all these chemicals are putting in our hair to make it straight to make it curl a certain way so that you know we look how we're supposed to look you know 50s and 60s are really big on that like blacks wanted their hair to look like white hair it was permed it was pressed it was all these things and I don't know I'm really thankful that over this time it's all evolved and black hair has been more accepted and more celebrated I still definitely think we have an issue with like racially ambiguous women and like big curly luscious froze I definitely think it's something that is definitely still more sought after and catered to in regards to like a true afro or even a twist out braid out whatever the case may be there's still definitely this like idealistic picture of what we would like hair to look like on certain women. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this was basically just to give you some info you might not have heard before to let you know that black hair is sensitive because we go through so much to have our hair as it is. It's a lifelong journey. It never stops. Um, And a lot of people have the privilege of not really having to care about their hair, except for like, ooh, I'm going to try this Monat Arbonne hair shampoo conditioner because it's not going to affect my hair in a negative way because it was made for my hair and maybe it will change my life. But, you know, I can't do that because my hair could literally fall out of my scalp if I go the wrong route and choose something that was literally meant for European hair and was never supposed to touch African hair. Mm -hmm. Moving forward, you know, Google's your friend, YouTube's your friend and advocate if you guys live in an area where you hear about a case of a little girl getting sent home from school because she's wearing corn rolls or she's got beads on her hair or she has braids or an afro like you need to stand with those people and sign those petitions and let that school board know that that's not okay and that you can't withhold degrees and diplomas or not allow people to walk across a graduation stage in front of their friends and family all because they have dreadlocks or colored hair when any European white person can dye their hair whatever color they want and they would be afforded that right to just have that and no questions asked. Anyway, um, I just want to end this beforehand with please support all trans women. There is a really brutal attack that just happened on three trans women in West Hollywood, LA area. And this seems like the world is really trying to come around them and hold these men accountable. If you're a man and you're listening to this and you've ever been approached 
by a gay man or a trans woman and you feel offended, your first reaction should not be to promote physical violence upon them. Your first reaction should be, I'm flattered. Thank you for the compliment. Let me go move away to a different area of the establishment I'm in. I'm sick and tired of seeing women, any woman be assaulted, but trans women are super vulnerable and it just happens out of nowhere. And they really can't do much about it because they're always overpowered. It's always, it seems to be a group of men. It's never just one bold guy. It's always a fucking group. So I just wanted to end our episode with that. Support them. And I know in San Francisco and Oakland, they're giving out free tasers um, mm-hmm. and defense weapons to trans women. I know this episode will be posted a little bit later than that, but I'm sure something like that will still be going on. It's a mutual aid system for that. So we're going to keep talking about it and letting you guys know because it's important work here. That's it. I just want to Bye.